Hello and welcome to this all new episode of Poetry Spoken Here. I am producer and technical director Jack Rossiter-Munley. And very quickly before we get into the episode, I just wanted to mention as always that Poetry Spoken Here is produced by Cardboard Box Productions Incorporated, a small digital production company making podcasts about poetry, literature, and cultural history. You can find out more about Poetry Spoken Here and all of the other Cardboard Box Productions podcasts at cardboardboxproductionsinc.com. And, most excitingly, Cardboard Box Productions also has a newsletter called Unboxed that you can subscribe to, and that's a great place to get more information about the poets and writers featured on Poetry Spoken Here, and the people, poems, and subjects featured on all of the other Cardboard Box shows. So again, that's the newsletter Unboxed that you can subscribe to from CardboardBoxProductionsInc.com. On with the show! I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. We continue now with our special project, the Open Mic of the Air. If you've been missing open mics where you live, due to the worldwide pandemic, this is your opportunity to share your work and hear voices from around the world. If you want to submit, send a recording five minutes or less of you reading your own work to openmicoftheair at gmail.com. Full submission guidelines are on our website, poetryspokenhere.com. Now, before we start, let me say what I say at live open mics. You can rant, you can chant, you can shout, get it out, get it down, get it off, off your chest, off the page. Share your mission, share your glory, share your vision, tell your story. Take a moment in the sun. The mic is open. Our first poet to take advantage of the open mic of the air is Igor Goldkin. San Diego, California. Author, poet, and producer of media technology. As a young teenager, he became acquainted, actually befriended, such well-known authors as Ray Bradbury, Theodore Sturgeon, and Harlan Ellison, who were major influences on his work. In 2016, his award-winning novel, Is She Available?, was published. It broke ground by combining poetry, comics, jazz, and animation. Igor writes and lives in San Diego, California, but he says he misses the UK. The numbers game. In the end, it was the numbers that did us all in. They lined us up into military rows and assigned us all numbers. One after one after one, after one after one after one after one after one after one after no one, how many nobody knows? You see, it's a numbers game. It's all the same. You're not to blame. You're not your name. You're your numbers. Now let me explain how it's done and how this game can never be won. You see, there are good numbers and bad numbers, high numbers and sad numbers. Sometimes high numbers are good and low numbers are sad. Sometimes low numbers are good and high numbers are bad. It all depends on who's doing the counting. It's not you or me or the numbers either. They don't know. They're just numbers after all. The numbers do count on each other, just not on you or me. 
because we are never free of big numbers and small numbers, negative numbers and imaginary numbers. You see, it's a numbers game. It's all the same. You're not to blame. You're not your name. You're your numbers. Let me explain how it's done and how this game can never be won. There's your prison credit score number, GPA number, SAT number, zip code number, blood pressure number, heart rate number, date of birth and time of death numbers, house number, gas number, phone number, electricity number, room number, water number, dog tags number, social security number, bank account number, table number, sibling number, temperature number, flight number, apartment number, license number, vehicle registration number, alcohol level number, height, weight, and age all get numbers. I hear you scream. I'm not a number. I'm a human being. Sure you are. Now take a number. It's for your own protection. There's safety in numbers. Numbers can answer all of your questions. How far, how long, how deep, how high, how many, how long, how awful. Just not how come. Anyone can count, but you can't count on anyone. You see, it's a numbers game that can't be won. It's a numbers game. It's just how it's done. You're not to blame. You're not insane. You're just not your name. You're your numbers. Now count to ten and start all over again. the numbers that did us all in. They lined us up into military rows and assigned us all numbers. One after 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 one. No one, how many nobody knows? You see, it's a numbers game. It's all the same. You're not to blame. You're not your name. You're your numbers. And from California, we move to the east coast of the United States. Our next poet up is Hiram LaRue. He lives in Churchton, Maryland, which is close to Annapolis. And LaRue has an interesting project going called Poetry X Hunger, an initiative that brings poets from around the world to the anti-hunger cause. He has a website that I encourage you to visit because it's got some interesting poems on it and information called PoetryXHunger.com. There are poems from all over the world on all aspects of hunger. Magic. The stars in your chest. The sounds of their glow. Their flash blink wings. Their touch top skies. These leaps towards light. These grateful, urging, holy stars in your chest and now in your throat. Their voices of beams even into your heart and beyond. Their blaze 
each star that starts in your chest and spins out from there, spins you as nothing else can, as magic comes true with your chances so inside and out, with each and every star so over the moon. Crossing the Atlantic, we now have Natasha Graham from Woodbridge, Suffolk in the UK. It's northeast of London, right on the coast. (laughs) Natasha says she was raised simultaneously by David Bowie and Virginia Woolf. She lives with her wife on the east coast of England, where she writes fiction, nonfiction, and poetry, and also writes for stage and screen. She has a website where you can learn more, natashagrahamwriter.com. The Husband by Natasha Graham When he looks at her now, he finds she is hard to see. But he hears her just fine, even though he asks again who. For clarification, or because his only reference is what he's seen on TV. This narrow life has no room for manoeuvre. But he doesn't get it. Doesn't understand. Because it's a woman's name, she says again. It's a woman who she, his wife, flirted with when autumn came and the leaves began to fall, and he was planning bonfires, whilst his wife burned up in bed. Over, 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 legs spread a woman between her thighs, and all he can think of to say next is, does it even count? And what do you even do in bed anyway? Because that's what you say when your wife comes out gay. But three years on and it's okay, this picture book rewritten so his wife's not gay. When Christmas comes, and New Year's Eve, and they sign cards all together to prove she didn't leave. Next up, from Washington, D.C., we have Anne Woodworth. She's a poet and playwright. She's written seven poetry books and four chapbooks, and she is a member of the Board of Governors of the Emily Dickinson Museum in Amherst, Massachusetts, as well as on the poetry board of the Folger Shakespeare Library, where I heard many wonderful readings in Washington, D.C. I'm Anne Harding Woodworth, and I live in Washington, D.C. I'm going to read a poem from my new book, Trouble. The poem is based on a sign I saw on a dilapidated building, which gave the poem its title. Fragile Roof. At times, your feet feel securely planted on the stairs. Not so much, perhaps, on your way from the basement, but beginning with the first floor where food is stirred, pureed, and brought to a boil. There, your feet handle well the risers. Hungry, you arrive at the floor where you sit at table, and then you go on up to where living's done, on sofas, where fires heat, and light the walls, and ever moving up, with confidence you reach the floor for sleeping and making love 
unless you were so moved before on earlier floors, since both can be had in any room of any house. Up and up, and now you limp, until you reach whole lath and shingles fallen in among the unused chairs and broken hobby horses. Tax returns and diaries in boxes, trunks, valises, and there the summer clothes, as if the season will return. Through decay and openings in the fragile roof, you look into the leafless trees outside, and into clouds gray and full of snow, doubtful you should venture onto any roof that has opened its maw to lure you, suck you back into something less than paradise. Crossing back over to Ireland, we have Michael Jurek from County Tipperary, Ireland which was founded in the 13th century. His work features publications such as The Blue Nib, Honest Ulsterman, Skylight 47, as well as Poetry Ireland Review. His books include a memoir on prose and poems and two poetry collections. My name is Michael Jurek and I live in County Tipperary, Ireland. My poem concerns the great melting pot of words that went to form the English language as we know it today. In the forest of language. At the end of my 5km tether, a lockdown hostage, a COVID detainee, I take refuge in the forest of language, its foliage English, its roots universal. Like autumn sheddings, the words cascade. By their accents, you can tell them apart. Ballets and chauffeurs, cliches and menus, honour and chivalry begotten in France. Spanish fiestas, flotillas and patios, telepathy and policy nurtured in Greece. Arabian alchemy, syrup and saffron, tariffs and traffic, magazines, gauze. Assembled in Holland, wagons and yachts, landscapes and decoys, knapsacks and reefs, Iranian caravans, Malaysian bamboos, karma from India, kiosks from Turkey, piazzas and cupolas, rockets, volcanoes, concertos and cameos, Italian designed, parasols, hurricanes, cannibals, grog, potatoes and maize from West Indian Isles, Brazilian cashews, Toucans, piranhas, Mexican chocolate, tomatoes, coyotes, dingoes and wombats from distant Australia, jumbucks and billabongs, koalas and swags, old Yiddish glitches, chutzpah and bagels, Japanese haiku, emojis, karate, Scandinavian windows ransacked and husbanded, German hamburgers, seminars, wanderlust. American skyscrapers, floozies and gangsters, junkies and gimmicks, slapstick, gung-ho. Collins and she-beans, homegrown in Ireland, hooligans, whiskey, banshees, smithereens. Blitzing my skyline, they are singing like birds. So I tilt up my face at this deluge of words. Our next poet comes to us from Zimbabwe in southern Africa. 
Patience Gumbo. In addition to being a poet, she has some lovely musical uh, productions on SoundCloud that I would encourage you to listen to. They're really, it's not a poet dabbling with music. It's really professional work. And you will, you will enjoy it, I'm sure, as well as this poem she's going to present right now. My name is Liniwe Patience Gumbo from Zimbabwe in Southern Africa. I am a musician, a poet, an author, a voiceover artist, and a stone sculptor. This is an original poem titled Thin Ice. I smile. I laugh, haha. I make conversation. But what you don't know about me is I'm so overwhelmed with life right now. I hide behind the smile. No, I, I cannot show it all to you because I'm hurt in pain and I don't know what to do. Can anybody, somebody, somewhere hear me? Can you not see me? I'm walking on thin ice, thin ice, yet no one can see me. If you can read between the lines, then you will find me. Because I'm an expert now of hiding in plain sight. Yes, I'll encourage you to keep the faith and be strong. But I'm stuck between this rock and this hard place. See, I'm not supposed to spill out what is deep inside my heart. They expect me to be strong and give advice. So I'll keep smiling, keeping up appearances and keep calm. But it does get so cold and so lonely on this thin ice. How long shall I be so invisible? Slowly my soul fades away as I walk. Tell me how long shall I keep on pretending? While my heart keeps on breaking again and again and again. Can anybody, somebody, somewhere hear me? Can you not see me? I'm walking on thin ice, thin ice, thin ice, yet no one can see me. I'm walking on thin ice, thin ice, thin ice, yet no one can see me. I am walking on thin ice, thin ice, thin ice, yet no one can see me. Thank you. Back in the U.S., just up the road from me here in Vermont, is Eva Zimmet, and she is reading from her debut collection, The Lost Gift. Hello, this is Eva Zimmet. Right now I'm in Vermont, USA, and here's a poem from my book called The Lost Grip. 
the theme of the book is the relative value of loss. Sometimes loss is awful, and sometimes it can be a good thing to let go. This poem is called Do Not Follow. Little girl curled on the staircase, me, I saw wasn't meant to see, I heard wasn't meant to hear, told not to tell, planting fear. From these scraps I learned the pattern, now reformed, now retold. I'm really sorry this story is so old. Eyes, nerves, clamps, disappeared, sprung traps. My father broke, but he'd already died. As to do wrong, he complied, because those who didn't were killed or stilled, and he couldn't just say he didn't want to obey. I get it. He didn't want to die that way. Not my path. Not today. The little girl grew, learned the slew of lies she heard, found the right word. Alive. Alive. And once again, back to Ireland, Doreen Jennings from Carlow, Ireland. She's a member of the award-winning Carlow Writers Co-op. And back in 2016, she and some members of the co-op came over to the United States to Chicago and did 10 days of performances. And in the summer of 2019, she had a residency in Sweden where she worked on cultural projects in collaboration with other poets. Her first video poem was highly commended on the Doolin Video Poetry Competition. She's down there in Southeast Ireland in one of the smallest, least populated counties in all of Ireland. When I read about it, I thought it was like sort of maybe the Vermont of Ireland. Anyway, founded in 1207 by the Normans. Glad to have you aboard, Dorina. Hello, my name is Dorina Jennings and I'm from Carlow in Ireland. And I'm going to read a poem called Childhood Reflection. It was first published in the Blue Nib in April 2020. Would I risk walking down the avenue of childhood, past the cherry blossoms, the laburnum fallen over when a storm blew, that drew strength to reroot and bloom again, sit quietly on its woven branches, Curtaining myself behind golden chains, rake new paths on the lawn from leaf piles before the gardener cleared what remained. I would gladly trade all this privilege to find safe hands clasped above the mud, to give me a leg up, to bridge the gap to the first big branch of the redwood from where I could reimagine this small life, reshaped, recast entirely differently. Thank you. And finally, I know some of you are tired of winter, tired of snow, but our last poet for this session is Nancy Manili. She's from Essex, Connecticut, and her poem's about winter. Hello, I'm Nan Manili in Essex, Connecticut, and I'm going to read a poem entitled Early Winter 2020, which begins with uh, my pleasure in an absolutely beautiful evening and moves into a lament for the peculiarities of time during the pandemic year past. Early winter 
2020. At last, the month consumes the dregs of this confounding year. Earlier tonight, the gibbous moon had risen from the dark behind the shoulder of a hill, skimmed the river sliding toward the sound, and glazed the frozen grasses on its banks. Nearly full, she lit a thinning film of cloud. Now halfway high, she pours her luster through the leafless trees to wash against a house across the street, her silver light uniting with the gold and homely of a family's corner room. I want to stop a while inside the scene to be a part of both the solitude of moonlight and the warmth of someone reading by a lamp. Each stirs the little thrill of living in a place I do not know. I wish the moment stilled, but it will pass too soon, like every moment wonderful this year. This year, there's something altogether wrong with time. Though it has dawdled between meals, the hours from lunch to dinner barely bearable. It has careened from every Wednesday to the next and every day without the promise only touch can make of time we'll share ahead. I, for one, cannot afford this race of days. The year expires before I've loved enough. No help for it just now. It's best to celebrate the momentary timelessness of Moon and me before she joins the deep cold height and company of stars. Thank you. And that's going to do it for our open mic of the air, our 10th episode. And here's a reminder, we're always looking for submissions. Send a recording, five minutes or less of yourself, reading your work. And be sure also tell us your name and where you are in the world. Recordings should be sent to openmicoftheair at gmail.com. And be sure to visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com, for full submission guidelines. I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this has been the 10th episode of Open Mic of the Air from Poetry Spoken Here. Be sure to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter-Mundley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetryspokenhere. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetryspokenhere. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetryspokenhere at gmail.com.